Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. I am sitting here completely amazed at how God pulls everything together. And if you will keep track of some things in your life, if you will uh, journal or log in your memory, whatever means works best for you, you will see where God ties things in together and brings words back around that haven't been fulfilled or that it was speaking to you in preparation of where he was bringing you to, what he was setting up. It truly amazes me every time I see him stitch together the fabric he's intending to stitch together to make the canvas or make the blanket that he designs to make and put it before us in the exact season that he desires us to have revelation of what he wants us to see. And one thing that I'm not very good at is when I I do a lot of journaling, I do a lot of note taking on my own of different things God speaks to me and different things God shows me. Now, where I really lack is I don't write the date down. And so I really need to try to start writing the date down so I can say on this date. So now I have my podcast and that helps. And if you're not familiar with my podcast, I do have it out there on iTunes, Coffee Talk with Linda, at SoundCloud, Coffee Talk with Linda. Go check it out. I have quite a few messages or Coffee Talks with Linda that you can go back and listen to. And sometimes I can timeline things based on when I was sharing it on one of those podcasts, because I'm pretty quick to share it as the Lord's showing it to me. But as I was beginning to prepare for what I felt like the Lord would have to say in this moment for today, I took notes and I was seeking the Lord. And then I closed my journal and then I came back to my journal just to kind of set you up on how amazing God is. And I opened it up to this page. Now, this was not my notes from today, but it lines right up with what God was impressing upon my heart to speak to you about today. And I have this note written in my journal. If you've remained intimate, your barren season is over. And I believe I did a podcast on that not long ago, actually. And that we're coming out of our barrenness. But don't forget what you learned in that place, in that barren season. And I really wish I had put a date on that. I really do, because it even lines up with The radio we had Jesus from the last two weeks was two weeks ago, and then it was replayed last week. And my podcast of What Is God Doing and Double Promises. And so 
if I had to title this today, which I will, <laughs> I would t- I would title it to say something that I mentioned even in in last week's prepare your vats for the overflow because our vats will be overflowing in this season. He's promising that in this season. The vats will be overflowing. So going back to the barrenness, if you listened to the Rosh Hashanah or the what is, what, what's God doing, I talked even about us being uh, pregnant and ready to deliver. And so we go from a barren season. Okay, so you're barren, right? You're not carrying anything. You're not with child. You're not with seed. Then you go, you, when your barrenness is over, there's a time where you're carrying that thing inside of you that you're going to birth out. You're going to produce. And there's so many different um, stages of carrying our seed. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on that today, but you transition from one stage to the next. And just to kind of lay the foundation and set the stage, because I believe it's going to tie into what I want to say, we go from being pregnant, and we don't even know we're pregnant, women, and then sometimes actually it's longer for men because it depends on when the woman tells them. Sometimes a woman starts to pick up on things in her body and thinks I might be pregnant, whereas the man still has no idea that he's going to be being blessed with a child soon. His seed is going to produce. So you go from having no idea you're even carrying anything to the fact that you know you're carrying something, you have the proof in whatever form that came, whatever testing that was shown to prove you are carrying seed inside of you. So now you know, but nobody else knows. And even if you told them, they would know because you told them, that, but they wouldn't be able to see it on you. Okay, I'll trust that you're pregnant, but I don't see it. To slowly beginning to show, and of course it's all a process, for growth, for development, for uncomfortableness, but the barrenness is over. So really you've gone from one struggle to another struggle because carrying your seed for most people is not a comfortable process. So you go from excitement to knowing that you're carrying something you know, and think about this in the spiritual as I'm sharing it, to being just about at the point to burst open and so ready to deliver that you are so uncomfortable, you just want this thing to be over. It's not really your love for your child your love for that baby you're going to birth out that wants the pregnancy to be over. It's the uncomfortableness that wants the pregnancy to be over. And then the moment, of course, that you hold the baby, all is well. All is forgotten. 
And so thinking of that spiritually, you know, we really do go through that whole process. So here we are in this time of preparing our vats for the overflow. And so I heard that several weeks ago, truthfully, and I thought, well, what does a vat hold? You know, I always heard it in line with prosperity, you know, that your bonds will be overflowing, your vats will be overflowing, and the Lord says to test him in this area. And so I always saw it in light of finances and prosperity. But actually, vats actually held wine, which was kind of interesting because I did not know that. So when you're preparing your vats for the overflow, when you're getting ready for that, you're preparing for the wine. And so that kind of puts a whole different light on that statement on the the purpose of vats. And so when we think about what does a vat hold and we're getting ready for our vats to overflow, then we have to understand that the new wine is going to be uh, overflowing. And a technical vat, and this is really interesting because this really pulls it all together. This is an example of it. It's a container that a winemaker uses to hold grapes during the fermentation process, okay? So I did not know that until today. But back in August, God told me, prepare your vats for the overflow. And then today, right, on what is the date today? I think it's, is it the 18th? I think it's the 18th of September, 1818 actually, that it's the container a winemaker would use. And that's gonna play a part because it's during the fermentation process. So the Lord began to speak to me that this year's work will be poured out like the new wine. All that pressing has produced something that's about to be poured out in you. See, when he says our vats will overflow this year, He is saying that the new wine will be in abundance and all that pressing has produced something that is about to be poured out. That's what he's saying. So I don't want you to miss that because it's so key. When he says our vats will overflow this year, He is saying the new wine will be in abundance. All that pressing has produced something that is about to be poured out. This year's work will be poured out. And remember, he said, prepare your vats, prepare your containers, prepare yourself. That's what he's saying. Prepare all of that. So, okay. I talked about the barrenness and the birthing. We are birthing in this year what's been forming inside of us. And I said back, I'm going to look for it. I think this was back in August, actually. 
Well, I can't quite find it. But there's always a purpose in everything that we've gone through. And in this season, God is causing us to birth out all that we have carried. All the pressing and the shaking that's taken place is going to produce something in each one of us. This season, we're giving birth to it. It's vital for us to know that in this season, he's bringing forth our joy. This is what he spoke. Actually, it was the beginning of August. You better get the nursery ready because everything you carried in 2018, you are about to deliver in 2019. So don't lose sight of this. All this ties in together. You know, and the awesome thing is we don't have to be perfect, but we do have to be refined by God. We don't have to be perfect in man's eyes. We don't have to be perfect to others' standards, but we do have to be refined in God's eyes. We have to let him do the work in us that he was desiring to do in us. That's important. So does he expect perfection or someone else's definition of perfection in us? No, but he does expect us to yield to what he's trying to crush in us, what he's trying to press in us, to produce what he's trying to produce in us. It's time. God is bringing forth the life that he has placed in you and in me. I want to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 for a moment. You know, I probably should have had my Bible already open there before, but... I didn't. So 2 Corinthians 4, starting at verse 8. Okay, so actually I'm going to go back to verse 7 because we are earthen vessels. And that's what verse 7 talks about. However, we possess this precious treasure in vessels of earth that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side, but not cramped. We suffer embarrassments. I'm reading that from the Amplified. I'm actually going to go over to the new um, to the King James. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body, dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. We are the vat. We are the vat. Don't miss that. Our vats, prepare them to be overflowing. We are the vat. This is how the new wine is going to come forth out of our vat to be overflowing is that we allow this process of what 2 Corinthians chapter four talks about, being pressed on every side, being pressed on every side, being perplexed, persecuted, cast down, dying in the body that his life can come forth. Actually, let's turn over to Matthew chapter nine, right? Because I'm saying this this is how the new wine comes forth. So in Matthew chapter nine, We have starting in verse 14, 
Then the disciples of John came to Jesus inquiring, why is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus replied to them, can the wedding guests mourn while the bridegroom is still with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. And no one puts a piece of cloth that has not been shrunk on an old garment. For such a patch tears away from the garment and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put in old wineskins. For if it is, the skins burst and are torn in pieces and the wine is spilled. In other words, it's wasted and the skins are ruined. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins and both are preserved. See, we have to be pressed. We have to be persecuted. We have to be perplexed because we are the vat and the old vat is not going to do for the new wine. See, we can't be in our old self and think we are going to put forth any kind of new wine. We are not. It's not going to happen. We have to allow the old vat, the old wineskin, literally to be torn down to nothing, pressed and crushed and shifted and sifted. So just like, you know, we can even jump over to James 1. I'm not going to turn there, but so we are at the place of lacking nothing. So we can truly be the new new wineskin of an earthen vessel being used to pour out the new wine. Because if we refuse, this is the thing that I so want you to grasp. If we refuse, God will not pour the new wine in us to pour out because of what we just read. If he does that, right? If we go down to verse 17, if he does that, Neither is new wine put in old wineskins, for if it is, the skins burst and are torn and the wine is spilled. So if he leaves us as our old self and he puts his new wine in it for us to pour out, we're not going to be able to handle it because we can't. And we will spill the new wine all over the place and it will be wasted. Years ago, God told me, I am trying to pour out my new wine, but I will not waste my wine. That's pretty powerful. He won't do it. He's not wasting his new wine. So we've got to yield to this work. It's a newness in the Holy Spirit. Behold, I do a new thing. We can go on with the new all day long. The new wine is better a greater power, a greater anointing, a greater flowing, a greater releasing, not a less than, of course not, a greater glory, not a less than, it's not going to be less than. God is saying, I am bringing every area of you to a new place. That's the carrying of the seed. That's the stretching of the body. That's the uncomfortableness. That's the pressing on a nerve. That's the kicking inside, the elbow inside. There must be a new work in us to bring forth the new wine into the earth, right? We are the earthen vessels. He will make us new. Then he will pour into us his new wine, his what? His new move of the Holy Spirit, his 
new move of power, his new move of increased anointing, his new move of flowing, his new move of releasing. Behold, I do a new thing. If we don't, and I don't want you to miss this, if we don't submit fully to the work, wholly letting it all be done, then the process remains. And where we have stopped it, it will remain. Where we have stopped it, please do not miss that. And it will remain there until we become frustrated, until we become disappointed, until we become discouraged, all of those things, until we become frustrated, disappointed, and discouraged enough to allow God to continue where we made him leave off to be able to bring the work to completion. He's the author and the finisher. He's not going to finish. He's not going to not finish what he started, but he's also not going to be forceful. We have to yield ourselves to him. He wants to bring to completion what he started in us so the purpose in us can come forth. This is where and how delay comes in and we get frustrated at God that things are taking too long when we are actually the delay. We're the delay. The delay has been because of us. Because it will be new wine that comes forth and it will have to come through the new wineskin, the new vat. I mean, we got to realize, we all kind of know this, but we forget it. You don't even get wine without pressure. You don't even get wine without crushing. You don't even get wine without fermenting. And the natural wine comes from grapes. But how? You don't just pick the grapes and they become wine. It's a process. We have the same process. Grapes go through a process to become wine. We are going to go through a process to carry the new wine. First, the grapes are picked, right? We could say chosen. First, we're chosen. Here's an interesting fact, by the way. Depending on the kind of wine that the winemaker is desiring to produce, the steps will vary in their time and in their technique. So you can't compare yourself to somebody else and what they are going through and what you are going through. You got to stop right now that comparison because God's trying to bring forth a certain kind of wine from you and a certain kind of wine from someone else. So don't worry about them. So for us, first the grapes, for all of us actually, but the time and the technique will, will differ. The grapes are picked, like I just said, chosen. Then they are crushed. This process cannot be skipped or there will not be wine. After the crushing, let me go back to the crushing for a minute. It's not the crushing, and this is something I always thought, but it's not. It's not the crushing that starts the juice flowing. I thought it was. I thought you crushed and crushed and crushed until you got all the juice out. That's not the case. The crushing simply breaks open the skin and lets the process of exposure begin. The crushing simply breaks open the skin and lets the process of exposure begin. Then the skin is removed Then the pressing begins. This is where the wine and the juices start to flow. Still just juice at this point. The pressing comes in. It goes through a pressing, a wine press. And it's pressed and all the juices pressed. Extreme amount of pressure. And then it sits in a tank. 
just sits. Have you ever just sat after some crushing, after some pressing? Now you're just sitting. But during the sitting, all the sediment from the juice settles to the bottom. And you can't miss that. That has to take place before the juice can be poured forward. So then after that, then the juice is filtered out to separate the sediment that's settled and it's put in another settling tank (laughs) just to be sure all the sediment is gone. So now it's gonna sit in a new place a little longer. And if not, this is the thing, that sediment, if it's not separated out, if the sitting process doesn't take place, then it can impact negatively the final product. So we got to make sure we sit long enough to let God do everything he's doing in us, to get everything out of us he's trying to get out of us so that it doesn't negatively impact the work he has for us. After all of this, the wine is fermented. During the fermenting process, the heat is applied. And not only is it applied, again, depending on the wine, is how high the heat goes. Okay, all wine needs a certain amount of heat, but depending on which kind of wine, which flavor you're trying to get is how high the heat goes. So again, no comparison. Then after all of this, the wine must be matured before it's released. You'd think after all that it's matured, it's not. This is the home stretch. After all of that, after the crushing, after the pressing, after the sitting and then some more sitting, after the heat supplied, now you sit some more for the maturity. And after the wine is matured, anywhere from two months to two years, again, depending on what kind you're trying to get. So we have to understand different processes for different people. Don't miss that. There's one final filtration process that's done to be sure all the unwanted residue or floaters are gone. But the awesome thing is now the end is in sight and this is just a final process. And so I wanna encourage you today to allow the work that God is trying to do in you to be done in you so you can truly be that new wineskin that can pull that can pour forth that new wine in this season. It's imperative. Submit fully to the work. Let it all be done. Let the entire process be completed. Go through the crushing, go through the pressing, go through the sitting, and then some more sitting, and then let the heat be put on you, and then sit a little longer, and then be filtered one more time be filtered out one more time. This is what takes place when he is saying, prepare your vats for the overflow. Because in this season, our vats will overflow and the new wine will be in abundance because all that pressing is produced something that's about to be poured out. Yield to it. Don't turn and run from it. Let it come to completion so you can fulfill everything God intended you to fulfill 
in the way he intended you to fulfill it.